All right, what's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Time Out with Doc and Caveman. As always, you are here with Dr. Fantasy and the Fantasy Caveman. We are continuing to roll along with our NBA team previews. We are going to be focusing on the Golden State Warriors in this episode. Before we get rolling, make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. We've been getting lots more momentum, lots more subscribers. Make sure you guys keep that momentum rolling. We appreciate the support, and we'll keep pushing out great content. We have lots of teams to cover still, and we're going to got some plans uh, that we're working on for some new content and some new uh, content in season and off season as well. So keep an eye out for that. Make sure you subscribe, and you'll get notified when that new content comes out. But let's uh, continue here with the Golden State Warriors. Going back to last season, they were 39 and 33, which was ninth in the Western Conference under Steve Kerr. A few random stats. They were 12th in points per game. They had the 20th offensive rating and the fifth best defensive rating, which I think went kind of under the radar last season. Other random numbers, they had the ninth highest three-point percentage. They were towards the bottom in the league in rebounding, 20th in that department. Top 10 and three-point defense. And this is kind of interesting. They had the lowest two-point field goal percentage in the league offensively. So they did not shoot very well in the paint and uh, from inside the three-point line. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And then some of their season leaders from last season, Steph Curry led the way with 32 points per game. Andrew Wiggins at 18.6 and Kelly Oubre at 15.4 rebounds. Draymond Green at 7.1 Marquise Chris at six and a half and Kelly Oubre at six assists. Draymond 8.9 Steph Curry at 5.8 and then steals Draymond (laughs) 1.7. I feel like Russell Westbrook again and Steph Curry at 1.2 and then blocks. We have Wiggins and Chris at one. I believe that's it. So, Caveman, who impressed you from this Warriors disappointing season? Yeah, I mean, not disappointing. I mean, they they finished. They did get a chance to at least compete in the postseason. Yeah, uh, they ultimately fell short. But uh, I mean, you're gonna talk about other guys. I'm gonna talk about Steph Curry. You would do that. <laughs> Uh, oh, so let me just reel off a couple things about what Steph Curry did last season. You obviously mentioned his 32 points per game. That led the NBA. Uh, oldest to win the scoring title since Michael Jordan. 38. He had 38 30-point games, most since Michael Jordan. He had 337 threes last year. Led the league. This was his fourth season of 300-plus made three-pointers, most in NBA history. He had seven games of 10-plus three-pointers, most in NBA history. Uh, You kind of get it. You kind of sense a theme here. Uh, Seven games of 10-plus three-pointers, most in NBA history. Uh, And he also broke the Warriors' all-time scoring record. Bottom line is Steph Curry did Steph Curry things, and in my opinion, he was robbed of the MVP. Uh, Not to take anything away from Jokic, Jokic had an MVP caliber season, but if you take Steph Curry off of last year's Warriors team, 
How bad is Golden State? Think about the that. The worst team in the league, potentially? Probably. Now, not to take much away from Jokic, but if you take Jokic off Denver, is Denver the worst team in the league? I don't think so, to be honest. Uh, you, Steph Curry, I, I, Steph Curry misses his running mate in Clay Thompson. Uh, I honestly, there's, there's really no other words. I just listed off his accomplishments just to talk about how great Steph Curry is for a second, and how he continued to do great things last season without much of a supporting cast. I mean, Kelly Oubre was a disappointment last season, at least offensively. His defense was still there, but Andrew Wiggins really didn't. I mean, Andrew Wiggins showed up late in the season a little bit, and there, and uh, but overall, I didn't think I didn't I didn't like what I saw from Andrew Wiggins. Uh, James Wiseman a little underwhelming to me. Uh, but Steph Curry was the big constant for them last season, as you as I said, he he did. What Steph Curry does, and I just be amazing at everything he does. I mean, not everything. He's a great <laughs> scorer. He's a great leader. He's a great <laughs> teammate, but he still doesn't play great defense. So let's not get wild here. But uh, I mean, but you did mention, or I mentioned before when we first started that their defensive rating was one top five in the league, which went very under the radar. Uh, I do think Andrew Wiggins impressed me on that end. I think people still expect more from him offensively. I mean, this is a guy coming into the league people thought was going to be the next superstar and could be one of the faces of the entire league. So, of course, he's never developed into that. But I think at this point in his career, he's become, I don't want to say he's not an elite defender yet, but he's above average where he's been kind of average or below average most of his career. So I thought that was a really encouraging sign last year's. Sure, maybe he's not going to be yeah, a 25-point game. That's what I was like. I was like, Wiggins, I mean, and, and, and Wiggins is younger. I mean, we, we talked about this when we talked about uh, Wiggins before. Like, he's not, like, I Wiggins feel like he's been in the league forever. But he's still not even 30 years old yet. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I like, I mean, Wiggins was there defensively. I think he didn't. He did his thing. As he was a big part of the reason why the Warriors were so good defensively. And I do want to mention, I mean, you mentioned that with the leaders. I mean, Draymond, Draymond did what Draymond does. Uh, Dr- Draymond is kind of, he kind of proved again last season that he's kind of their, I, I mean, Steph Curry is their leader and their leading offensive force. But, Draymond Green continues to be their kind of like glue that holds everything together. Uh, and that certainly didn't change last season, even with so many new pieces and everything moving around. And Draymond, and I can see Draymond is the perfect fit uh, with Golden State. Now, the interesting thing with Draymond, and I want to ask you this, is Draymond a pure system player? Meaning, if Draymond Green were to go to some other team, would he be this good? I mean, I think that he still would carve out a role. I To this level, I don't know. That's tough to say. I don't think that he's a complete... 
system player. I mean, he's a great playmaker. He's a great rebounder. He's one of those guys that he's got that kind of attitude and energy that I personally like, and he's the kind of guy that I would build a team around. Just give me him and Marcus Smart, and I think I'd be happy for the rest <laughs> of my life. You imagine but... him and, you imagine, that would be the best. You put him and Marcus Smart, let's just theoretically put him and Marcus Smart on Miami with Jimmy Butler. That's the best defensive team to ever live. That would be that would just make my entire life complete. But I mean, I think the only thing that would change maybe substantially would be his playmaking ability because he's always had so many shooters around him. So I still think he'd be a high level defender, a great rebounder. I mean, he's not a great scorer. He never has been. Um, but I mean, he averaged 8.9 assists was, which is actually a career high last season. So he, they've always surrounded him with shooters. I think that's the biggest part of his game. As much as he'd still be a facilitator, he wouldn't have the opportunity to flash as much because he wouldn't have as much offensive talent around him. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I mean, so guys that stood out for me, by the way, I think it's wild still that four of the top five seasons in terms of making three pointers all belong to Steph Curry. He's one, three, four, and five. So I just I know, I, right? It's bizarre. I mean, James Harden sliding I mean, there in second too. I mean, but. anybody that says Steph Curry isn't the greatest I I think he's unquestionably the greatest shooter three three greatest shooter of all time. And I yeah, don't think I, he's close. Yeah, didn't even Reggie Miller say that recently, uh, and or was it Ray Allen? One of them, I think, recently actually came out and said that. And I'm like, all right, if they're no, saying like, that, you can't. Don't even like, don't even like try and play devil's advocate or anything. Like, you can't. Steph Curry is unquestionably the greatest shooter to ever live. Yeah, no, nope, I think that's fair. So, I mean, the thing with the Warriors for me is. Even when Draymond, like you said, he did Draymond things. Like, did he necessarily stand out or do anything we weren't expecting? Not really. I mean, Kelly Oubre was disappointing. I think people expected a lot more out of him. Uh, It was very well noted how slowly he started off the season. He couldn't hit a three-pointer if it knocked him in the face. Um, But besides that, I mean, there wasn't many guys that stood out. The only one that I'll make note of who he got more minutes based off of Clay being out last season was Jordan Poole was actually pretty good. So he uh, ended up only starting seven games for him, but he played in over 50 games for him, averaged 12 points. Um, All of his percentages went up 88 free throw percentage, 35% from three, which isn't great, but it's much improved from where he was his rookie season. This field goal percentage went up 10%. So I think that's big for them because they're going to be looking for guys that can play valuable minutes off of the bench. And I think Jordan Poole is going to end up being their point guard and facilitator and not their main scoring option, but I think he's going to play a really big role off the bench. So I think him getting a lot of valuable minutes last year was a really positive thing for them. One of the things that I think is kind of interesting, too, is he actually had the 97th highest player efficiency rating in the NBA. And I know that doesn't seem impressive, but you're talking that means he's the top four player. You know, if each team gets four players in the top 120, if you divide it up evenly, he's number 97. So I actually think that's pretty impressive for a role player such as himself. So I think if anyone stood out to me in terms of these younger guys that 
aren't one of the, I don't want to say big four with Wiggins, Oubre, Curry, and Draymond, but those were their four best players last season by name. Um, so I think the only one that really made a difference to me was Jordan Poole, and I think he's carved himself out a nice role this season. Toscano Anderson kind of did some decent things off the bench too, I think, but nothing that was like overly impressive. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would agree with that. And Jordan Poole is 22 years old, so he's still got some time to develop as well. So we'll see if he's able to carve a nice roll off the bench. And this is going to be a team that's very deep moving forward. So uh, let's look at what they did this offseason then. Through the draft, which was very notable for them, they had two top 15 picks. Seventh overall, they took Jonathan Kaminga. 14th overall, Moses Moody, which was a nice pick there for him. And then through uh, free agency and the trade market, they got Balika, big man, uh, Chris Chioza, Andre Iguodala, and Otto Porter. And they lost Kent Bazemore, Kelly Oubre, and Eric Pascal. So any, what do you think of this offseason for them? Oh, man, this was a great offseason. Uh, and, we, and we talked about it on draft night. This was probably one of the best picks of them. I mean, in terms of the Moses Moody pick, a perfect fit for this Golden State Warriors team. Uh, him and him and Jordan Poole are going to be the two, pretty much the two key guards off the bench for him. Uh, so Moody is going to have a role from day one. Uh, Kaminga, on the other hand, I mean, I like the pick in Kaminga more because they also got Moody, because now Kaminga is a bit more of a project. Uh, he's going to, he has to, he is like a twig. He's going to have to add some strength and some weight, but he definitely has potential if he can also develop, continue to develop his jump shot a little bit. I think he could be a very key piece for this team. Uh, in years to come, but he's not. I don't expect Kaminga to be much of a factor from day one. Certainly not as much as I expect Moody to be. But uh, yeah, I mean, and I don't think it also the Andre. I don't think it could be understated how much uh, the Andre Iguodala signing means to this team. Because now mm-hmm. you look at this team. With do they with with hopefully Clay coming back? Uh, I know it's a bit of up in the air when exactly Clay is going to be back, but he is expected to be back uh, at some point that, uh, this upcoming season. You have him and Steph back with Draymond with Iguodala. This this is starting to look like it with some solid depth as well, as we'll talk about when we get into their depth chart. This has some very eerie similarities to those Warriors championship teams. So I'm loving this offseason and what they did. Uh, Otto Porter was another, like, low-risk, high-reward signing. Pajilica uh, is a solid, basically, Pajilica is basically replacing Pascal. Uh, so overall, great off season. I really think it's clear what the Warriors are trying to do here. Yeah, and I like their draft. A, when we did the Kaminga 
prospect profile. I said if he ends up in Golden State that he's going to end up being a superstar, and I stand by that. I'm telling you right now, it has all the Kawhi vibes in the world when the Spurs took him. I mean, that's exactly what this was. Kawhi was very raw coming out of San Diego State, and he got to so, kind of sit yeah, on the bench. You're saying, you're saying Kaminga's going to be Kawhi. I think that he could be, yep, honestly. I'll go that far as I'm not going to say he is going to be, but would I be surprised? I wouldn't be. I think that he needed to be in the right system under the right coaching, and I think he finds himself in the perfect opportunity. Absolutely no pressure on him. He can learn from Steph, learn from Clay Thompson, learn from Draymond, learn from these veterans that have won multiple championships. And I think the combination of Kuminga and James Wiseman could potentially reset this dynasty in the future. And I think that's why their draft was so perfect. You have Kuminga, who sets them up for the future, but they also got Moses Moody, who can contribute now. And I think they're in a point with their depth chart where I don't think they needed two guys that can contribute now. And I know that sounds a little wild, but I think they could afford to take the chance on a guy like Kuminga. Because if he doesn't pan out, for being honest, they're still going to be fine this season and for the next few well, seasons. They still got Moses Moody. Yeah, exactly. So Kuminga is only 18 years old. I mean, Kawhi really didn't make an impact his first three years. So at that track, maybe Kuminga makes a huge impact when he's 21, 22. That's fine at this point. And also another that's... reason to love that Andre Iguodala is a great yep. mentor. Yeah. Uh, that might okay. that that might have been the hidden number one reason why they went out and got Iguodala is to help mentor Kuminga. Yeah, no, and I mean, I, I really like Iguodala. You mentioned Otto Porter as well, who's going to provide just more depth defensively for them. Um, Balika is more of a modern big man, so he's not going to provide much down in the post. He's going to be more of a guy that stretches the floor for him, and I think you're going to see him play small ball, similar to what they did last season. I don't know what their plans are with Wiseman, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit when we go through their depth chart. And we'd be silly if we didn't talk about James Wiseman a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was an off season that it's not a sexy one when you look at their additions, but they made just very, very smart moves to continue. They're defensively they're not going to be any worse, and I think they did need to address that with losing Ubre, who was very, very nice defensively last season for them. I mean, they're getting, I mean, they're getting Clay Thompson back at some point. Whenever, yeah, the combination of getting Clay back, having Otto Porter, Iguodala, that more than makes up for that loss. So I think they did a good job putting this off season together without making any big splashes. So let's go through their depth chart. I'm going to say as of right now, we mentioned we don't know when Clay Thompson's going to be back, but obviously when he comes back, he's going to slot right into that starting lineup in the backcourt with Steph Curry. You don't think they're going to bring him off the bench? <laughs> I think that would be a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Um, behind those two in the backcourt, I mentioned Jordan Poole already. Moses Moody, Andre Iguodala, and Damian Lee will be their other guards coming off of the bench. At the three right now, they have Andrew Wiggins listed with Otto Porter, Kuminga, and Toscano Anderson backing him up. Draymond and Wiseman in the front court. I'm not 100% sure. We'll see if Wiseman ends up starting for him, but he'll be at least playing some significant minutes for them. Uh, then behind them, Otto Porter will probably play the four a little bit too, but uh, Balika and then Kevon Looney coming off the bench playing the four and five as well. So as a whole, you kind of alluded to it already, but what do you think about this depth chart as a whole? 
I answered, I love this tap chart, and we're talking about, uh, and, man, they're deep everywhere. Uh, they got a, they got a ton of, they're going to, they have a deep backcourt behind Steph. I think it's going to allow them, I mean, Steph's still going to be heavily relied on, as he should be. But I think their depth is going to allow Steph to, to not play 40-plus minutes a game like he basically had to last season. I think he's gonna. they're going to be able to at least ease the load on a night-to-night basis. Uh, and and then the front court, I mean, you behind Wiggins, Draymond, I mean, but whether it's Wiseman starting or Bajilica uh, or Kavan Looney, I mean, they got plenty, in, in my opinion, they got plenty of depth in the front court. Toscano Anderson can play some four. Otto Porter can play some four. Uh, honestly, there's no, there's no holes in this depth chart. So I really, I, I love it. Yeah, I don't see much either, if we're being honest about it. Um, I mean, now if Curry went down, I mean, you're, how confident are you <laughs> that? Curry. <laughs> I'm sorry. This I don't care how much depth that you have. If Steph Curry comes down, you're toast no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that they would be complete toast, but I think that Jordan Poole still has a lot to prove. He improved last season. You know, we're still counting on him to be a lead guard on the second unit. So either way, I think he's still going to have to show more because the reality is he was a good guard on a borderline playoff team but can he be a lead guard leading a second unit i still think he has to answer that question so i think he's got a lot to prove that's the only question mark you could potentially even point to i don't know yeah, if i call it, it a huge even at that point you're kind of you're we're basically nitpicking at that point yeah i would definitely agree <laughs> with that but i just i like the way that they're constructed when you look at it they have Great three-point shooting. They were a top-five defensive team last year. There's no reason they can't be that again. They have veterans. They have youth. They have a, a kind of a, a great head coach. They have a mix of everything that you need to be a, a championship-level team. So, yeah, there's really – let's talk about James Wiseman a little bit because we'd be crazy if we didn't bring that up in this episode before we get to the predictions. I think it's an interesting year for James Wiseman. It's crazy to me, and we talked about this in previous lives in the Fantasy Hotspot, about how every trade scenario this offseason included James Wiseman. And to me, it was still bizarre. I mean, the guy is 20 years old. He's not even close to hitting the peak of his development. There were times that were very concerning where he looked lost offensively and defensively, which I think disappointed people just because he had there's a lot of expectations for him to be a great defender year one but there is a big learning curve for him I'm not worried about him I still think he has all the talent in the world you have to remember that he didn't even really play his only season at Memphis so he hasn't played against a high level of competition and then he opted out so he it's been a while since he's played high level organized basketball so I'm going to be interested to see what his development looks like. This is a team that wants to win now, so I don't believe that he's going to be starting to start the season. You saw how conservative Steve Kerr was with him this year. I think he's going to continue to be that way with him because I think they want to win. And if they want to win now, Looney and Balik are probably better options at this point that will provide them better minutes. One way. I, th- I really think 
I think, well, I think, yeah, I do think from game one that Wiseman's probably coming off the bench, but I definitely think Wiseman can earn his earn his spot back in that starting unit because, I mean, Pajilica and Looney are like are solid players, but none of them have anywhere close to the upside that Wiseman has. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wiseman has once in a generational. One, once in a generation type uh, potential and ability. So he, if if Wiseman can get it together, uh, which he still can, he's 20 years old. He played, he didn't play a ton last season. So you look at his only, his really his only significant run in the past, like two or like two seasons, was a, and last season was a weird season too. That has to factor into it. Uh, so I really think I think Wiseman long term will be fine. I'm not too concerned about as long as I. A lot of people didn't like how Steve Kerr handled Wiseman last season, but I have, I have heard I like how I like how he Steve Kerr uh, handled Wiseman, and I think uh, he was justified based on how we saw Wiseman play on the court. Uh, I think. Initially off the bat, I hope Steve Kerr keeps up that same, the same way he was doing it last season. And if Wiseman improves, Wiseman's going to see that starting lineup. Yeah, I think Steve Kerr proved that he's not going to just hand it to Wiseman. Wiseman's going to have to continually improve and show that he can make a splash here in Golden State. So nothing's going to be handed to him no matter how high he was picked. So let's go looking to next season. I You'll probably want to go second, so sure. I can talk about the wonderful Warriors first. But, I mean, the reality is you'll have a bold prediction. I don't think it's crazy at all. But, I mean, I think this is a team that I would probably slot them in as the four seed right now for me personally. Uh, as long and that's going to be slightly dependent on how many games Clay plays because he's going to have a oh, huge impact. Entirely dependent on how I mean uh, the seeding at least is going yeah, to depend yeah. on what time. Without Clay Thompson, probably a six or seven seed, but with a healthy full squad, I'd have him as the four seed in the Western Conference right now. Yeah, I mean their yeah, like I said, their seeding is going to be entirely dependent on how much Clay comes. Um, about when Clay Thompson comes back, you know how long it takes them. I mean, I don't think the Warriors are getting a t- much time for Clay Thompson to get integrated back into things. I mean, this is the same system that they've been running for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple of new pieces to integrate, but don't think it's gonna take a ton of time for them to kind of get back into things once Clay comes back. Uh, so let's say, let's just say hypothetically, I don't think he'll be ready for the start of the season. Let's say hypothetically, Clay Thompson was there game one. I honestly can see them as the three seed, two or three, honestly, uh, in the mix with the LA teams. I think that's their ceiling. Uh, but uh, realistically, they're probably I would pick them somewhere between four and six, but uh, that's really not indicative of their chances. Which I I and I we're gonna I'm just gonna say, I think they can make the finals. 
and I know I know you said it wasn't crazy, but if you think about it, this has all the makings of the Warriors teams that that won championships. Not the Durant version. <laughs> Not the Durant version, but they won. People forget they won titles before Durant. They did, yeah. So this has all the makings of those war that that Warriors uh, mold. I, they have all the elements. They have Iguodala back. They have the Splash Brothers. They have youth. They have depth. And when people talk about it being a slam dunk that the Lakers and Nets are going to meet in the finals, what's the What's the one thing everybody loves about the Lakers right now? They have depth. They've been signing guys like crazy, and they have understanding, but they have really good depth. You look at the Warriors, they have a lot of depth as well. I don't think you can sleep on the depth that Golden State has right now. Uh, When you look up and down, I think the Warriors are going to go, they're going to go at least 10 deep every night. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have a lot of guys that are going to be able to contribute for them. So I would not be shocked if they made a run at the finals. And I, I, I'd be shocked if I did not predict that the Warriors are going to make the finals. So that's kind of. Now, my biggest concern I'll say with that is we have to. Now, one of their biggest weaknesses last season And I think we didn't really talk about it, and I think you kind of have to bring it up a little bit, but they weren't very efficient offensively. The entire offensive load was on Steph Curry. So if Klay Thompson isn't healthy for a big chunk of the season, how differently, realistically, does this Warriors team look? So you add a rookie in Moses Moody, and I like you and I both like Moses Moody, but he is a rookie, Kuminga rookie. So is this team actually any better offensively without clay thompson or does a lot of this ride on clay thompson i think that's a reality and we don't know how he's gonna come back i i no one and we can sit here and say i think he's gonna come back full of strength and but the reality is nobody knows how he's gonna come back should he be fine coming off that injury he should be but there's guys that react differently and recover differently from injuries so the reality is clay thompson's just that important to this puzzle piece because if not we could see a situation like last year unless a guy like moody or wiggins takes a huge step forward that we're not expecting the entire offensive loan we're we're talking even with with, they need Clay. They need Clay Thompson to have. They need at least Clay Thompson to be. I would say at least eighty percent of what he of what he was pre-injury for them to have championship hopes. But uh, they're still a playoff team, regardless of having without Clay Thompson. But. They, if they're gonna win, if they're gonna win a title, of course they need Clay Thompson to be most of what Clay Thompson was, and yep. that's, I mean, there's no way around that. But uh, I do think with Clay, I do think they're gonna be more efficient offensively. I don't think that's yeah. gonna be a question. Uh, Steph, I hope Steph doesn't have to lead the league in scoring again. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's gonna work for playoff success, mm-hmm. uh, because you got teams that you need. While Steph Curry can do great things, as you mentioned, 
it's not their efficiency is not going to be good if Steph Curry has to chuck up 35 shots a game. Because uh, they need he needs Clay Thompson for them to take that next step. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's a reality, and I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like this has been way too positive. But the reality no, is that positivity. Nope, that's the reality though. Is they had a lot of struggles offensively last year, and I feel like we didn't highlight that enough. So I think yeah, it's at least worth. Offensively. Well, they did as a, a unit. So 20th in efficiency is not ideal. But, yeah, I mean, under Steve Kerr, they've always – and that's always been the underrated part of these Warriors uh, title runs is that their defense has been a top 10 unit every year that they won the championship. People want to talk about Clay chucking up threes and Durant and Clay Thompson. But the reality is those teams were great defensively. And that's why I do think they still have the makings of a team that can make it all the way as long as they solve the puzzle offensively. That's kind of the key here. Yeah. So I think that's it for the Warriors. It'll be a fun season for them. We've mentioned in every episode, but this is going to be fun monitoring the playoff picture throughout the entire season there's a lot of competitive teams a lot of people that are going to be fighting for it especially with the play-in games now so we appreciate you guys tuning in make sure you subscribe we have lots of great previews and some more content coming up in the next few weeks so keep an eye out on that subscribe and we'll see you guys next time yeah